Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2.5% of the most popular podcasts in the world, and it's all because of my truly incredible guests. I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game, and they join me here to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. Now, these are not people who hold back. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance. Our topic today is how to make better decisions, improve your productivity, and achieve your goals faster by developing a fighter pilot mindset with my guest, Dom Slice-Tyke. Now, he brings his fighter pilot background and applies, I'm sorry, I just lost my, started to cough, and applies them to guide goal-oriented individuals, pilots, athletes, business owners, and students with afterburner techniques that American fighter pilots use to ensure mission completion. And as an Amazon best-selling author, I have his book in my desk right here. I'm looking at it. Business owner, entrepreneur, civilian, and military instructor. I can't even talk today, Dom. I'm sorry. He, Dom, is a military instructor pilot, and he knows that busy individuals and teams struggle with information overload. Now, since 2002, Slice has guided hundreds of students towards their goals, and his blueprint is called Single Seat Mindset, an impactful group of 40-plus fighter pilots. (laughs) I'm getting embarrassed now. Fighter pilot (laughs) guides with a combined experience of more than 700 years, and he has proven formulas and life advice that's shared to the Insider Circle community to ensure success and big goal achievement, all while avoiding overwhelm, overload, and flame out. And they dive deep into the productivity world to provide guidance through short, impactful steps. Dom, welcome to your part in Success Radio. Thank you for sending me your book, Single Seat Wisdom. I read it this weekend. I was telling you this in my virtual green room. And I had a Halloween party. It's a gumbo party. I do this every year. We call it Body Parts Stew it's really gumbo. And I noticed that one of my guests was off in a corner reading this book. Dom, I honestly thought I was going to have to check him at the door to make sure I still had my autographed book. So I sent him to Amazon and told him to go get his own copy. I wasn't even polite about it. So put my book down. <laughs> well, Denise, I had to laugh as you were uh, introducing the show, and I could only think that uh, a short and <laughs> actionable step would maybe not have uh, your first show on a Monday morning, uh, trying to get through and read uh, stuff because I know that I've struggled with that. But I appreciate you and uh, Halloween, the everything, and it's also Halloween. So, you know, there's yeah. a lot going on in my little pea brain right now. <laughs> I got through it. I just had to laugh. Like you're in the top two two and a half percent of of shows and. Um, you just go to show, uh, no pun intended, that even even the best of us, uh, you know, still can push through. Thank you. And I was thinking I was just making a pushing through sounds 
so much better. So <laughs> just, I, really, I feel better. <laughs> yeah, just re- reframe the way that you talk about stuff and uh, makes it, it takes the edge off it. It does. And you know what? I'm going to enjoy it anyway, you know, boo-boos and all, because this is a live show. I'm not going to clean it up, edit it, or make any – you know, this is live. We're talking. This is like having a conversation with friends. So we're just going to do it. Tell us a little bit about you, because – and Slice, by the way, is your your call sign. For those of us who have watched Top Gun, we now know what a call sign is. <laughs> yeah, so the the uh, fighter pilot community they they name the younger guys. So when you when you show up as a new guy, you don't have a call sign. They 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 call you a lot of names. Um, usually they're not good, but then um, eventually you find out that you're going to get named as a as a fighter pilot as a young guy, and uh, usually it's because you did something stupid. So in my case, I had a very close pass with. Um, my aircraft and another um, F-16 fighter jet. Um, and I was, I broke a, a training rule is what it's called. So I broke a training rule and we have those so that we can, you know, just like in, in business and in life, a lot of our, our big time rules are there to uh, keep us safe, but more importantly, because they've been, been written in blood at some point. So um, I passed very close to another aircraft and um, being in a Japanese or I was stationed in Japan in an American fighter uh, squadron when they uh, named me that, that day um, our squadron mascot was a uh, a samurai warrior. So the slice from like a, a sword, but then also I tried to slice my instructor in half. Um, It kind of stuck from that day on. You tried to slice your instructor in half? So you yeah, couldn't go well, after just you know somebody else in the squadron. You had to go after your your instructor. <laughs> well, I mean, some of the some of life's most uh, tough challenges are are the ones that uh, you know that stick with you, and they they're they're the stories that you carry on forever. And um, now, as I'm teaching, because um, I'm an instructor pilot in the F-16, so I'm teaching in the schoolhouse. Um, you know. Any, anywhere from students that are, are learning how to turn the jet on for the first time and taxi it around on the ground to um, very experienced, um, you know, officers in the military that have maybe been out of the jet for a little while and they're coming back to get retrained. And now as I, I make that, um, I make kind of a little joke when I'm teaching the, the, the lesson um, to the student that day. And I'm like, unless you want a call sign slice, um, you know, at this point during the fight, I would, I would avoid doing this or, you know, maybe set yourself up for success by doing this. So I've found that a lot of those lessons, um, whether it's, um, for business, for life, um, those can be kind of tweaked, um, to fit a different situation. Uh, and in my case, um, I decided to take all of my, um, background. I grew up with my, you know, dad owned, uh, real estate growing up. And then, I have been flying airplanes for over 20 years now, and I've kind of taken my lessons growing up as well as in my professional career as an aviator and leveraged those um, into uh, the business world and have found that, you know, a lot of the decision-making skills, the quick decision-making skills that fighter pilots use at over 800 miles an hour, um, they're incredibly useful in in high-performance professions. Oh, they would have to be. And you and I were talking again in my, my virtual green room, 
you know, before we started the the episode today. And after my guests left and I, you know, loaded them all up with gumbo and rice and said, thank you for coming, go now. I'm, I need to watch Top Gun again. And then I watched <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> because I, and, and like I told you, I had never seen it. I had never seen I'm not a movie person. I don't enjoy theaters. I don't like people yelling or, you know, popping their gum or eating popcorn in my ear. So I avoid those things. And at one point, I think it was Memorial Weekend or whenever Top Gun Maverick was going to come out, we were talking about it. Again, it was one of those, you know, had a big, I wouldn't call it a party, but I cook. I love to cook. And I invite everybody, you know, come eat and then, you know, take containers with you because I don't know. I came from a really large family and I cannot cook for one person or two people. So it's like, (laughs) come eat, take it with you. So we watched, you know, because we knew that movie was coming out and everybody was talking about it. So I rented Top Gun on Prime and I went, oh, I had no idea. The very next day I was in a theater with my best friend. And like I told you a few minutes ago, our mouths were hanging open. We were dry. We couldn't even swallow. We were just like, (gasps) and we stayed that way the whole movie. So knowing that I was going to be speaking with you today and after reading your book over the weekend, I did my homework. I watched both movies and I did it because of you. I didn't sleep very well. I was awake until 3 o'clock in the morning watching these movies. They're fascinating. (laughs) And a lot of what you just said said, yeah, I I get that now because, you know, I watched what goes on. And you live very different lives from most of us. I I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's a um it's a pretty incredible profession. I know I I um at times, right? Just like anything, you could be um in whatever walk of life you're on and you kind of forget sometimes that uh, about what you're doing, you know, and then you have you have somebody come out and just like like saying just mouth wide open um, jaw hitting the floor and you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I'm, I get to do this as, as a job and I don't really consider it a job. I do get paid to do it and I love doing it. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do even as a little kid. And sometimes you kind of forget. So it's nice to get the, uh, the reawakened perspective, if you will, from, from other people that go, Hey man, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. I forgot about that. And I just remember the first time I was, uh, uh, you know, I was learning, I was flying, um, a jet trainer. Um, and the same thing happened when I started flying fighter jets. But as you, as you go through, um, air force pilot training, and it's the same too, in the other services that have fighter jets the Navy and Marines. But I remember walking out to the jet to solo the aircraft, uh, for my, you know, my first solo flight. And I just remember kind of, you know, I had my flight gear in my hands. I had, my G suit on and my helmet bag and, and all my stuff. And I just remember kind of turning around and I like looked over my shoulder cause I thought that somebody might be following me. Cause I'm like, they're really going to let me do this uh, by myself. And the, the kind of the same thing happened when I started flying F-16s is that, um, you know, we have this book called single seat wisdom and it's wisdom from, you know, fighter pilots that have, have been there and done that. And they're just short chapters that you can read in, you know, eight to 10 minutes. And there's 20 different stories, all from different fighter pilots. But people ask a lot, you know, what's the single seat, um, you know, 
strain or the single seat vein of, of our businesses. And so single seat mindset is, is the main business. And we've got single seat wisdom as books, you know, as a, for my real estate company, I wrote single seat investor um, and all of those, um, those short impactful um, life lessons that we've learned in, I would say the third dimension, right. As a fighter pilot, we've kind of distilled down and put into um, the hands of a, a bunch of different readers. Um, and it is a great reminder for me every day of the, the uh, responsibility, right? Because it's such a, a big responsibility. And if you, it's just like riding a, you know, a dirt bike. When I was growing up, um, at times my dad would have me put my dirt bike away for a few days just to kind of give me some reawakened perspective about what I was doing, um, you know, just to, to understand the, the importance of what I was doing and to make sure that I wasn't getting too uh, lax with, with how I was riding. And the same thing kind of applies to, um, you know, being a fighter pilot. You need to take a step back sometimes and just kind of have a different perspective. And I appreciate people like you that, you know, watch the movies and read these books and they just go, oh, wow. And then I go, oh, yeah, it's a good, uh, good wake-up call. And I think everybody needs that in their life at some point. Well, yeah, we do. And the point that you're making is, as I'm hearing, is that we know what we know, and we're so good at it, and it's just nature to us. It's not, I wouldn't even call it second nature. It's who we are. And we do forget how you know we're really good at something, and we just assume that that's the way life is, but it's not. There's a lot of work to become really good at something and stay alive in your case. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you, you said that because it made me think of something, um, Denise, that, you know, is maybe toxic. The word toxic floats around quite a bit in our culture right now, but, and I don't know if it's a toxic idea. However, there's, um, like you said, it takes a long time to get good at something really hard, right? So um, being a very um, established radio, um, you know, talk show host like you are, um, that didn't happen overnight, right? It happened. It probably took many years to get to that point. And the same thing kind of 15. applies to yeah, 15, yeah, 15 years. years. That's incredible. So you've been yeah. grinding it out for 15 years. And now I would, I would be willing to bet that you have a lot of fun doing, doing it. It gives you a lot of purpose and it, it brings um, some value to your life. But I would be also willing to bet that in the first, you know, one, three, five years, there were times where it wasn't super fun um, because you're learning a lot and it's, it's a lot of work. And the same thing I have found um, applies to aviation, although it is very exciting and it is um, something just so different than, especially fighter jet aviation, it's so different than anything that you can even prepare for until you actually do it because that's how we learn is through action. Um, you know, I, I think our culture is going through this idea of, well, I've just, I've just graduated from college and I have this degree, so therefore, um, I'm owed a job that gives me purpose and it gives me fulfillment right out the gate. And it leads to this mentality, this broken mindset, if you will, the opposite of a single seat mindset, which is, um, you know, well, I, I just I got my college degree and they told me that, um, you know, I've been lied to essentially and told that now everything's going to be easy and I'm going to get a, you know, six figure salary right out the gate. And it leads to a lot of broken mentalities and broken mindsets because what they haven't taught in college 
is the practical action and the, the application. So from a, a business standpoint, anytime that I've started a business, the first year is it's, it's like jumping on a ship in a, in a storm. You just don't even know what's going to happen. I mean, you have, a, you have a general plan, but it's pretty, um, it's a wild ride the first year. And the same thing is when you're learning how to fly a fighter jet. It's very difficult, and it is a, a literal, uh, literally a very wild ride the first year you're a fighter pilot because you're just learning so much, and you don't know what you don't know. And the thing is, is that that purpose, that fulfillment, that um, love of what you're doing comes, over, comes through time, and time putting that into action. Not So, yes, books academic study, all of that stuff is very important. But the next step, which is so crucial to business, to life, to being a fighter pilot, to running a, you know, a professional and successful uh, blog talk radio like you're doing, um, that takes time. And, and a lot of times it is years of time where you are practicing and you're refining, you're planning, executing and debriefing as we do as fighter pilots and, and you're tweaking the machine. And over time, um, it then gives you that love and that passion and that drive that, um, you know, does not normally, at least for, for me, it doesn't normally uh, happen right out the gate. It does take time. It does. And you just reminded me of something that I've often said, but haven't said it in a long time, is that as a small business owner or an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, they are different. We have to have cast iron stomachs. Because we fail yeah. every single day, sometimes multiple times. We fall right on the seat of our our pants, and we just go, well, crud, that didn't work. You have to go back, <laughs> figure out what you did wrong, or was it really wrong, or in your, you know, your words, do you repurpose it? We're always thinking, we're always doing. And to your point about college education, look, I have one. Nobody cares but me because I had to pay for it. And, but now we've got all of these people wanting their, you know, their uh, loans forgiven. You took the yeah. loan, you pay for it. No. Yeah. Yeah. I so couldn't agree more. Why. Oh, yeah. It, it's just ridiculous. But it's what you have done and what you're doing. And then you took, this is what I find so fascinating. You took the the information that you gained from doing the kind of work you did in the service and being a fighter pilot and you've created businesses with that and you just keep, I don't know, stacking, stacking on your knowledge. But better than that, you're sharing it. And I think that's the most important thing that entrepreneurs can do is share what they know because people are waiting to hear from us. They want to know how we do what we do. And you're doing a yeah. terrific job of that. Well, so I, I appreciate that, and thank you for saying that, Denise. But I would also like people to know that I was not initially like that, because as a a solopreneur, as a as a as a new entrepreneur, and especially as a business owner, when you're starting out, um, it is very difficult to share because your time is absolutely crushed and consumed by your business and getting it off the ground. So, um, eighteen hours a day. People yeah. say, oh, you know, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to vacation and I'm going to make a lifestyle. Well, I hope your uh, lifestyle includes no sleep. <laughs> Just let me put that out there. Yeah. People that talk about that. Kind of, so people that are talking like that before they've started a business um, 
are just talkers. And, and I've found that the ones that, you know, they talk a little bit and they ask a couple of questions and they're fairly poignant and you can tell that, wow, that, that, that person's on a mission. He has, he or she has something that is, you know, it's, they've lit the afterburner uh, to use a, a fighter jet term and they're, they're getting after it and you can see it through action. And those are the people, you know, as, as we share a lot of our stuff now, granted single seat mindset, that business um, gives me a lot of purpose because we don't um, it is a business, right? So in business, you're in, there's one thing in business and that's to make money. If you don't make money, then you have a hobby and it's a very expensive hobby. So I single seat mindset, I've taken that business and we just to make sure that our, uh, goals and all of everything that we're doing are aligned. Um, I decided early on to give all of the money to a children's cancer nonprofit. Um, so we do generate money and the idea kind of grew from business, Denise, you know, over the years, you, you know, people want to sit down and, and write out this extravagant business plan and that's fine. Right. And some people are more um, intricate with their plan um, there is a trap with that, which is, well, then you never get to execute that plan. And so you're essentially in the academic phase of college where you're just planning and learning, but you never put it into action, which is where as humans, we learn just like fighter pilots. I've never flown with a young fighter pilot. I definitely was not like this, but the first time you, um, you strap in, uh, and you clip all your buckles into a fighter jet and you start that thing up nobody is good at it the first time. And in fact, many are not good at it for many years. And I was one of those people where you just, you're just on the struggle bus um, trying to get better and you're planning, then you go execute and you debrief. And we do it over and over and over. And there's actually in our, our second volume of single seat wisdom that we're publishing on, um, you know, we, we do one of these volumes uh, every veterans day. Um, we have a chapter in the second volume written by, an astronaut. So not only has he been a fighter pilot, a test pilot, he's seen the world from a radically different perspective, which is space. And his chapter that he wrote is very applicable to um, all walks of life. Um, I've used it in my business um, as well as being a fighter pilot. And it's called plan, execute, debrief. And it's, it sounds oversimplified, but the way that I look at that from a business standpoint is plan enough to get going and if you're a person that gets stuck in analysis paralysis, or as I would call it, figuring, you're just trying to figure things out, well, set a date to put your plan into action, right? And then start executing that plan and then make sure that you debrief. And that's, I think, one of the most important things that I've learned as a fighter pilot is how to, um, if somebody says, well, how do I effectively debrief? Well, in Single Seat Wisdom Volume 1, there's a, you had mentioned uh, Tom Cruise, in, in Top Gun Maverick. So he's not only, not only did he graduate from um, fighter weapon school, which is Top Gun school, he then came back to be an instructor in the weapon school. So he's an instructor of Top Gun um, pilots. So the best of the best. And we have uh, in the first volume of single seat wisdom, there's a chapter written by a Top Gun instructor. And it's about um, the art of a fighter pilot debrief. And in there, he shares a um, and I don't know if you've seen it in the first book or not, but there's actually a picture that um, you basically start at the top and you ask yourself questions and it leads you down a little if then statement path and it helps you wrap your mind around 
you know, what actually happened so that you can find the, the root cause of, of maybe why something failed. So I've found that specifically as a fighter pilot, the plan, execute, debrief construct um, is, is very actionable on a daily basis. Specifically, you can plan the night before, you can wake up the next day, you can execute your plan, and at the end of the day, you can debrief yourself. And why that's so important is the debrief will allow you to retweak your plan that night so that the next day as a business owner, you can wake up and you can execute on a higher level um, and you can give yourself some higher standards and you can start to fix the machine. So every day, if you aren't if you haven't worked that into your habit patterns to debrief your business or your life every single day, um, even throughout the day, you're going to miss a lot of those tweaks in the plan that you could have. You're going to miss a lot of those execution errors that you might just be seeing every single day. And you might just be duplicating the same problems over and over without that debrief um, portion. You know, I think I do that, Dom. In fact, I'm pretty sure I do because when I don't sleep well, I never have. It's I'm not don't have insomnia. I just can't nap. I don't need a lot of sleep. I don't want to sleep, to be honest. I'm, my brain doesn't have an on and off switch, so I'm always thinking. I'm always doing something, and when I know that I'm just about to actually fall asleep, I will turn over what is bothering me or what what I might have done wrong or think I did wrong during the day, and I'll turn it over to my subconscious for review. And I promise you, 3.18, I wake up, doesn't matter what time I went to sleep, I wake up and that answer is right there, and I grab a notepad, I write it down, I try to go back to sleep, sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. But I'm always testing, what did I do, what happened, how did this work, how can I make this better, can I share this? It sounds like that's debriefing, is, or am I just way yeah. off? Okay. No, I, I, I think that that is um, so true, and, and you, you hinted on the subconscious aspects and the pen and paper piece, right? So, um, you know, being – I'm working on this, Denise, and this is going to – it's going to take a while for me, but, like, the prideful part of my personality, which is I, I know what I need to do, I'm smart enough and I'm just going to do it. But then when I started the habit of, I didn't like the word journaling because I'm a guy and maybe that was a guy thing. So I just called it scribing. So every morning I started scribing my thoughts down and specifically, like you said, the ones that bugged me and, and things that I thought were a problem. And the funny thing about all that is that when you write it down, it's somehow imprinted on your subconscious self and your brain goes to town on that while you're sleeping. And it's, it's looking for it those. Does. Yeah. It it's really so does. crazy. And you'll, it'll just, those, those answers, they kind of, a lot of them, I've found that about 90% of them, they just kind of fix themselves because you've essentially, you've, you've established this intentionality with where you want your mind to be looking for those answers throughout the day. So I think those are, that's a, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, if somebody is kind of going, well, how do I debrief? Well, then we have a construct or a framework um, for that, but you're already doing it, right? And that's what I think a lot of business owners um, that I would think that are struggling, they haven't really taken the time to reflect and go, okay, is it is it me? Um, and, and some of the questions that, you know, I've gotten um, over the years and what I've found out about myself and it's important to know thyself, right? Um, 
But for me, I like found, I'm a inertia guy. I, I can get businesses going. I can establish all of the upfront things. I can, I'm a founder, essentially, I can, I can get the machine into action. Um, but I do, and I can do the CEO type stuff because you have, you're, you have to do those, um, things in your business. You have to do the accounting and you have to, you know, work with your CPA and in, in property, you have to manage the property managers and the contractors and the, and the foreman, and you have to do all of that stuff. I don't specifically enjoy that, um, part of the business. And I know that about myself. So I hire and I backfill those positions with people that can run those aspects of the, of the business. But I wouldn't have known that had I not started debriefing myself every day, very specifically with at the end of the day, I I was, I found for a while, I was just so pissed off and I was just um, angry. And I'm like, if this is what business is all about, and I'm just going to be an angry grump all the time, then I probably shouldn't do this. Um, Cause I do, I do like, <laughs> I do love my wife and I like my kids and I want, you'd like to keep them, I guess. For bigger... <laughs> you don't yeah. want to be grumpy and run them off. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so let's, let's kind of attack that piece of, well, the why behind it. And so I started sitting down and writing things out and I found out about myself that I'm the inertia guy and I like to, I'm the founder. Um, but you know, me doing my own accounting, that's a bad thing to do. So I hired a CPA and I have a tax strategist and I have um, lawyers and all of the people in the business that, you know, I was trying to read books and do it all myself and that's fine. But then you have to realize what you, one, you can't do everything. And then two, like, what are you not good at? Like, what aren't your, if, if, if you could say, Hey, I'm a genius in, you know, I've achieved competence as a business owner here, but what am I really good at? And what do I love doing? If you can attack those things and, and figure out if you are like me and you are a, I'll do it all myself type of person, if you can kind of start to let go of those, those things, man, it gave me so much acceleration uh, in that space because then I found that I was much happier doing what I was doing. Um, and there were other people kind of backfilling in uh, the other parts of the business that, you know, I could do myself, but that weren't as fulfilling and purposeful for me. Listen, I understand when I started my business, really it was, I was building websites. I'm a web designer, web developer by trade. And I was, at that time, we didn't have WordPress. We didn't really have the internet the way it is now. I mean, this is only 20 years ago, which sounds, I think I just clutched my stomach. It just seems like a long time ago. But I had to do everything myself. There there weren't any ways to hire, you know, contractors. We, it just didn't exist. And eventually it all came into play. But I was so accustomed to doing everything myself. I'm an A-type personality. You probably figured that out. And I don't like to be told what to do. I fight with my nav system. She wants me to go left. I tell her, you're not the boss of me. I have problems, <laughs> personality problems. So I had to work, really work at, finding, you know, employees, contract employees who were better than I was at whatever it was that I wanted them to do. I needed to find people who were expert. They were in constant training. They were in constant education that I was no longer can ask any of them to do something because I can do it myself. Should I do it? Oh, heck no. But that took a lot of doing. It really did. I had to, you know, get out of my own way. Is what I, I was in my own way. 
no question about it. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a very type A personality. Fortunately, I've had a lot of people give me many second chances throughout my life um, because I have not been, um, you know, one of, one of the female authors, one of the female fighter pilots that wrote a chapter in single seat wisdom, volume one, it's called just be a good dude. And there were many times in my life, in my career where I was so hyper-focused on the end goal that as I was getting there, I was essentially this dragon, just like it's the scorched earth um, theory where you, you get, you, you've then achieved success or however you want to define it. You, you, you grab onto the trophy at the end and you turn around and realize that the world is like burning behind you. And so I, I'm very grateful for all the people in my life that, you know, just, gave me multiple second chances. And, um, and then also the piece to that, looking back, the thing that really served me um, well, and I didn't always do it, but something that I've done for many years now is I know that about my personality that I have this um, very hyper-focused type A, let's get to the finish line. And I, at times, not as much anymore, I still do it every once in a while, but at times I forget about the very important people um, relationships aspect of the goal. And I'm so mission driven. I'm so focused on that end goal that, and, and I'm a person that I'm going to die to get to that goal. So I will just, I'll, I will climb mountains. I, if I set my mind to something, it's either going to kill me or I'm going to get there and not all people are wired that way. And that's totally fine. Um, however, as I, as I'm basically trekking on my journey to get to this um, very defined goal that I have, noticing that, you know, the way my personality is, as well as I might take a different, I, it's not, you know, the shortest distance from A to B is a straight line. However, I may need to zig and zag my way to the finish line. So I, I have come to just accept that part of the journey, but then also knowing my personality, I know that I'm going to step on somebody's toes and upset somebody or do something that I shouldn't do. And it's, it was very robotic years ago when I started doing this, but I just started saying, Hey, I think I might've upset you. Please forgive me. Um, if you can, otherwise know that I'm sorry. And I, I, I'd like your forgiveness. If you can give it to me, I will work to not do that again. I'm still learning. And, and that's just something that happens every once in a while. Um, but that was so powerful. Um, again, when I started doing it, it was robotic, but um, modeling that behavior in your team as well kind of lets other people know that, okay, so he, he has the right intentions. Um, he's backing it up with his actions, but then when he does make a misstep, he comes back and goes, all right, um, I messed up. It's, it's my fault. Please forgive me. Let's move on. This is as we debrief this, this is what I've learned from it. So let's tweak the plan so that we can execute differently the next time. I like that. So you discovered your empathy and I take it. Yeah. And, and I think the, the prideful piece of that, right. Is that um, if you are a type a person and you're so driven, you um, you're your own worst critic and you, you kind of hinted on that um, yourself, right? Like you're, your you're criticizing and, and yourself, but at the same time, you're tweaking um, your plan so that the next day you can be better. So that's just innate to your personality. 
and you consider, oh man, who was it? Was it um, uh, maybe Gandhi that said, I have winning or learning experiences. I don't fail. And that's just a way of reframing a situation. And, and forgive me if that's not actually his quote, but that the lesson being, um, I think that you and I, as type A business owners, like P performers, we like to push and, and put our plan into action and, and get to the finish line. We're learning along the way. So if we have a, a quote unquote, like failure during the day, that's not necessarily a failure as a person or a business owner. We don't view it that way. We just, okay, I need to learn from that and I'm going to tweak my plan and start over. And I'm going to now be executing at a higher level of competency and I'll eventually be a genius at this. But right now I'm just constantly learning um, and, or I'm winning. And I think the the piece to that, as I kind of am thinking out loud here, as I'm learning stuff, those ones normally manifest uh, themselves in my daily life as um, failures or something that go- kind of goes wrong, right? So that's, those will show themselves to you a little bit easier than when you win, especially if it was luck. And that's something that as you debrief, you have to ask yourself, when I did this, was it luck or did I, um, was my plan actually bulletproof? And when I executed it, did I execute it at the level that I wanted to the correct way? Because a, a lot of times, whether it's market timing or just luck. And I, I, I laugh because I look back at the first, um, Denise, I'm just such a disaster. I was, I was making an Amazon ad a um, couple, you know, a year ago, right, um, for Single Seat Wisdom Volume 1. And my first ad that I made um, through Amazon, it was a success. And it was total beginner's luck. And I was like, I got this. This is easy. The second one, Denise, it was a complete dud. And not only did it cost me money, I then sat back in my chair and just had to laugh at myself because I was like, wow, I did not effectively debrief that first go at making an ad. Um, It was just total luck. And so I think that's something that, you know, as type A people, we are pretty driven. So, um, you know, if you can reframe and learn from maybe your missteps or, or mistakes and you learn from that, know that you aren't, you, you as the person, you're not the failure that you had like that event was um, what you have to learn from. And or when you win, make sure that you're still debriefing yourself when you win um, to, to poke holes in your game plan again so that you can even be better uh, the next time you go out and, and execute. Oh, exactly. And I think stressing the word failure for me is something I should not do. I stub my toe a lot. I don't really fail. I really don't. Because like you, I learn from it. I debrief, and I love that. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but I'm going to be debriefing all the time now. But I find that when I turn it over to my subconscious for review and get out of my own bottleneck, so to speak, I learn so much about it. It's like, you know, that wasn't a disaster. Yeah, I stubbed my toe. Yeah, I'm over it now, and I'm going to fix it. Or, you know what, it wasn't a great idea to start with. I'm going to abandon it. That happens a lot as well. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because I've, I still own two businesses, but I shut off another business um, that I was, I had started going to auctions and buying buying and selling stuff, right? And it was lucrative. I was making money, but I didn't start with the the bigger picture in mind 
of the, you know, the why. And I think if you start a business, at least from my experience, if you start a business with the business needs to make money, but if that's the only reason is for the money piece of it, it'll just drive you crazy um, because there isn't a bigger why to that. So, you know, I've, I've, I think that as, as I was going through my day and I was debriefing myself at the end of the day, I was like, man, why am I so stressed out? And why am I, why start asking myself those questions and writing stuff down? And then I realized, well, that business is not serving the bigger picture, which is, you know, it's, is a lot of work. It's making money and it's lucrative. However, I don't, I don't need that money because it's not feeding the bigger, longer term picture. And I wouldn't have known that hadn't I, you know, if I didn't debrief, which kind of brings me to this thought of, you know, as you are executing and you're an, you're an action based person, which, um, I, I know you and I are right. So we just take action. We're just, we're in motion when we're in motion. That's how we learn. And that's how we're processing the world and tweaking our plan. Um, something that really helped me um, a number of years ago where I had kind of a big uh, mental crash um, as I started pulling myself out of that um, and I started learning a little bit more about myself, I needed time to um, rest and recuperate. And so what I started doing was just going to bed a little bit sooner. Now, granted, this doesn't, this doesn't work for you may not work for everybody, but for me at the time, I needed a little bit more sleep because it would prevent me from maybe watching a show or staying up and reading. And when I read, it puts my mind into this hyper, um, this hyper loop essentially where I'm just now thinking and I can't fall asleep. So I went, I started going to bed a little bit sooner. And then what I started doing is initially I was like, I'm going to wake up early because I had kids that would wake up early. So I'm going to wake up before them. And I'm going to just sit in silence for 15 minutes. All right. So that was my initial goal was just, I'm going to sit in silence. for 15, I'm going to sit still and see if my subconscious mind will, will kind of tell me where I'm going. And, you know, you can meditate, pray, sit in silence, all that kind of stuff. And I found that 15 minutes was an eternity to me. So I chopped it down to five minutes and I still do it. And the days that maybe I forget or I don't give myself the full five minutes of just sitting in silence and, you know, just kind of centering myself as I move into the day, um, the day is not as clear. So those first five minutes kind of allows me to establish the intention of the day. And especially if you're a, an action taker, uh, you know, and you're, and you're just always doing stuff, um, those are very important things to do, whether you do it in the morning or at some point throughout your day, just sit still and go, where am I going? What is at the end of the day, if I debrief myself at the end of the day and I say, Hey, today was successful. Why, why would that be? Well, those five minutes, you, a lot of times you can establish that intention as you move uh, throughout your day early on in the morning, which is what I do. I do the five minutes as well. And I'll tell you why, because I'm one of those people that when my eyes slam open. I don't have to rub my eyes. I don't need coffee. I hit the floor running. I always have. My sister, who has passed away some years ago, would not spend time in a hotel room with me because I bugged her. I was too happy in the morning. I was awake. She was not. We had. We were waiting for our grandmother. To, she was very ill. And we were waiting for her to pass. And 
she had to get a separate room. She's like, I can't be around you. You're just obnoxious. But my point is that I, I would wake up. I mean, my feet would hit the floor. My mother used to say, oh, the devil said, oh, God, she's awake. Watch out. And I had, I was listening to, this was years ago, one of my podcast guests. And he actually changed his life and changed his health by practicing what he called immense gratitude. I'll never forget this podcast. This is probably 10 years ago. I've never forgotten it. And I trained myself to wake up once I'm awake to stay in bed. You have any idea how difficult that is? That's it. That was just not in my DNA, I didn't think. But I would open my eyes and stay in bed for five minutes, and it was torture. It really was. And I would just kind of breathe in, breathe out, and practice immense gratitude until a cat landed on my bladder. Then I'd, I'd have to jump. But, you know, it worked. And those five minutes are so important to me because, you know, I wake up. I'm saying thank you to the universe. I'm saying thank you to people like you who are going to be on my podcast guest. I'm just grateful. And it makes a huge, huge difference in how my day is going to go and how my personality is. I became a much better person for that. Yeah, it is. It's powerful stuff. It is, uh, you know, the five minutes in the morning to kind of to do that, but then you know, you kind of hinted at it as well at the end of the day, as you do your debrief or you do your, you know, your, your nightly examine or whatever you want to call it as you look back on your day. Um, a lot of times I think you can kind of jump into this critical mindset of like, well, I could have done that differently and I could have, and you're learning from that, but I think it's also very important to, you, you need, and it takes, it's, it's habitual. You need to practice this through action every day and go, hey, what did I um, do today that I could have done better? But then also, what did I do good today? And then what am I very grateful for? I'm grateful for my health and my brain and my home and my faith or whatever, whatever you want to be grateful for. Just thinking back through those things because it really, especially now more than ever, uh, you know, because I've been all over the world. I've been to some of the worst parts of the world. And America is such... I love America. It is such a incredible country to live in compared to anywhere else in the world. And um, my perspective is different only because I've been thrust into those other uncomfortable situations and countries and experiences. However, um, it's, a, it's a, a good reminder that even when you are experiencing a lot of pain or hardship or you're you're learning uh, as you're growing your business or what have you um, to just go, well, somebody has it way worse than me. And America is the best country in the world to live in. We do have our faults and failings. However, it, what an incredible country, what an incredible gift. I am so grateful to just be an American citizen and to live in this country where we can do this and have, you know, freedom of thought and, and be sharing on podcasts and doing this kind of stuff because in a lot of other parts of the world, you don't get to do that. I know. I have always been a very grateful American and so glad that I was born here. It just wouldn't occur to me not to be that delighted that I'm an American. And I find it very sad that people trash our country, trash our people. It's just bizarre to me, but that's a whole other topic. So let's talk about, and thank you for sharing that. So why would someone use fighter pilot knowledge in daily life? I think we've touched on that a bit. But why would they say, well... 
yeah, that makes sense. Let me go do that. Where do they start? So where they would start, I mean, I think our one of our most impactful um, guide books, if you will, our framework are the the single seat wisdom series books, just because they are, you know, every chapter is it's short. And when you're when you're on a mission, you don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and read a huge book. So these chapters are just they provide a radically different perspective. They're all so different. Um, and the the path to even be selected to be a fighter pilot is incredibly difficult. So I think why that's important is for people to understand that, you know, as a, if you are a fighter pilot, even if you aren't an instructor yet, it's an incredibly difficult thing to even achieve and get there. Um, but I think more importantly, as fighter pilots, um, our DNA is wired with this plan, execute, and debrief construct. And we do it at such a uh, higher level um, than just, you know, being a civilian um, because we have to, and, the, and the, the consequences, the stakes, and the outcomes are a lot, um, you know, more, they're a lot more difficult in our, you know, profession. But fighter pilots, um, you know, specifically when you get to the, become a flight lead and then an instructor pilot, your experiences and, and what you've had to do as, you know, you go through mission commander training potentially, and you learn how to interact with large groups of people and how to lead them, especially as type A people, right? So if you're running a business and you have a bunch of type A personalities, somebody's got to lead it. And so we're thrust into these situations that you kind of have to learn on your feet. Um, you have to, for me, it took a little bit of time, but learning about your own personality and how you interact in certain situations and learning specifically what you're not good at is all part of our training. Um, we're in front of people talking and, and briefing what we're going to do when we execute our, our mission. So public speaking is something that is just is what you do, and then you are setting yourself up for the debrief, the inevitable debrief from the instructors that are instructing you on, on how to present uh, the tactical plan. Um, and all of our stuff is done on a timeline, right? Because if, if I've learned anything, something that is the same for all humans is that we all have the same amount of time. And so we are thrust into these situations that are, are high stakes. Um, we are um, leaders in the sense that we are uh, leading missions, but we're also leading through the spoken word and then specifically debriefing. Um, you know, unfortunately, America does have to um, defend its borders. So whether or not you agree with the wars we've been in since Vietnam, um, you know, there are high stakes uh, games that were or wars that were thrust into that we have to um, learn on the fly. Uh, a lot of times that, you know, your plan maybe had some some planning um, faults as you were executing and you, you have to kind of be good on your feet. And then we can't just pull over and ask for directions because, uh, you know, we're in the third dimension. We're flying around. So you have to uh, as a single seat fighter pilot, that doesn't mean that I'm individualistic in nature. That means I work as a team, but in my jet, I'm, I'm responsible for being as good as I can be in my own jet so that I can, I can handle those situations on my own. And then I think the bigger piece to that is almost all of our, all of our training, all of our experiences, our checklists, our processes, we're very process checklist oriented um, individuals. And that's really what has leveraged and helped me in business is as I debrief myself, okay, what process, what checklist item am I missing? 
because as humans, we can only do one thing at a time. So what one thing did I do incorrectly as I was executing my plan? And can I tweak that process a little bit? So that's what's helped me the most is not only the short timelines that we're given as fighter pilots, learning on our feet, briefing in front of large groups, leading people, executing, and then debriefing. But every day we do that and we debrief and we learn from that. And I just started doing that in my business. And I just started generating processes and putting the right people in there and tweaking the plan every single day. And that's how you get better. It's just one day at a time, one step at a time, figure out the biggest domino that you need to knock over and, and tweak that for the next day going in. And, and you'll find that over time you get a lot better. Oh, absolutely. And I want to touch back on something you've touched on a couple of times, and this is just an observation. We don't really need to talk much about it because we're, ooh, we're running out of time. I'm going to have to get you to come back. Will you come back when the new book is published? You, well, you've asked me on, on your actual show, so yes, I will agree to that. Yep. It's very <laughs> tricky. I do that on purpose. I think I warned you about that. So I would love for you to come back with that. But we're talking about planning and perfectionism. And honestly, when you plan and you plan and you plan, and I found this out the hard way too, really all your it's chronic planning is nothing but perfectionism, which is procrastination. So that's just my, my thought process there. But I wanted to ask you about this because you and I have talked about this, and you say that high-output individuals struggle with information overload. Uh, my hand's up in the air going, me, me, me. So you created the largest online group of fighter pilots to guide action takers in short, impactful steps. Let's talk about that because I think that's important. Yeah, so where Single Seat um, Mindset started, that company was me sending a two-minute message out to the young fighter pilots that were struggling during COVID. So I was giving back some of my experiences, specifically what I messed up in my career. And that's where I really connected with um, a lot of people was, hey, I messed up. I did this. This is how you can dig yourself out. Here's how you can avoid that in the first place. So the guidance, you know, as you as you are an action taker, what I found is that you'll have the right mindset if you're type A or if you, if you want to get some, you don't even have to be type A. You just have to have some goals and, and be you know, set, set out on that journey. The, the second step, which may not always be clear, you may not have, is having a guide or a coach. And then the last one is taking action. So I'd say the first two, having the right mindset and, and you know, going, hey, I'm going to do this. I put it on paper and I'm going to hold myself accountable. Um, and then also taking action being whatever step you want that to be. But the middle one, a lot of times is missing is having a coach or a guide. And that's super uh, helpful, um, you know, because Olympians and business owners, some of the biggest business owners will have guides. They'll have um, consultants and people that can help them tweak their plan. So that was my intent with the whole single seat mindset business was to um, package these very impactful um, uh, helpful life lessons from fighter pilots and their perspective and to give those back in a way where people can, can use that information, but it doesn't take an entire day to get through it. In fact, two to three minutes, our blog is two to three minutes to read the whole, the whole blog. So it's just very short. It's punchy. It's anecdotal. There's usually a story of, of how I failed or how I learned essentially. And then, okay, if you find yourself in the situation, how do you fix it? How do you dig yourself out of that? And I've found that a lot of these chapters written in single seat wisdom um, do the same thing. And there's at the end of the chapter, which is only about five, five to seven pages, there's that fighter pilot's wisdom 
And it's just distilled down into, hey, if you find yourself here, this is what you do, or these are some of the steps that you can take to, to win harder next time. You were talking earlier about um, the female pilot. That, by the way, for anybody who's listening who's going to read that book, that's Chapter 8. Go read it. Seriously, go read it. So where can, I mean, can everybody apply these lessons in their lives? I know you have a gift for my listeners. Where do they go to get that? Yeah, so the first three people that go to singleseatmindset.com forward slash, and it's all one word, all lowercase, podcast gift. So singleseatmindset.com forward slash podcast gift. If you go there, you can throw your name and information in there, and I will send you a um, copy of Single Seat Wisdom Volume 1, completely free, shipping included to the United States. If you live in another country, um, still reach out to me, and, and I'll I'll figure out how to get you one of these books. Um, but for the first three people to sign up for that, I will send them a copy of Single Seat um, Wisdom Volume 1. So again, that, that URL, if people want to find me, it's we're just at singleseatmindset.com. Um, but if you put a forward slash podcast gift, that's where you're going to find uh, the gift um, that you can get from listening to this uh, fantastic podcast. Thank you, Dom. I mean, I have it. Otherwise, I'd be typing right now. I'm trying to get a, get the book. It's a great book. I read it really it very quickly over the weekend because I was cooking, I was cleaning, I had guests. I also downloaded it on Amazon, which I believe is still free if you have um, Kindle Unlimited. Yes. I'm not sure. I didn't check. Okay, it is still free. So I was yeah. reading it on my iPad while I was making a, a roux. If anybody cooks Southern, they know what a roux is. And I had the book on my desk, and like I said, I had to wrest it out of my friend's hands. Like, give me my book back. It's a terrific book. Grab it, read it, put it to work for yourself. So we've got about two more minutes. Do you have anything that uh, you would like to share with the audience before I let you go, Dom? Yeah, I mean, in the vein of gratitude, I'm grateful for you, Denise, for for letting me be on your show and and you know talk to people and and hopefully providing a, a different perspective and. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'd say I want to help those people that are taking action in their life. Um, I would say if you're a person that doesn't want, if you, which I, I don't know if people, if they were listening to your show, would actually think this way. But we turn off people that um, have victim mentalities and that don't want to do anything and don't want to go anywhere, which I would imagine is probably not your listener base. But no, um, they're not. we want to help. Yeah, we want to help people that want want to be bigger versions of themselves and to help other people, and and we do that through um, just kind of a unique perspective with with fighter pilots um, that are on the team, and we're growing about twenty a year uh, on our team. Um, we're up to forty now, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm grateful grateful for you. Thanks for letting me have you uh, you know talk on your show, and and I hope that somebody will uh, connect with us because uh, man, that just that's what keeps us going. It gives us a lot of purpose. Absolutely. And thank you for, for joining me. I was so excited when you were suggested as a guest. I went, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I didn't even have to read your bio. I was like, yes. You know, let, I'll learn more, but absolutely. I'm really glad that you joined us because what you're talking about, what you're sharing, I think is so important. America is important. Our people are important. And we need to be the best people that we can be every single day, not just one you know, Wednesdays or Saturdays. I mean, it's not difficult, I don't think, to learn to be a better person every single day. And that's what you're sharing with us here. So thank you for doing that. 
Thank you very much, Denise. I, I had a uh, wonderful time on your show. Well, you're coming back. So we're, we already know where people can find you, Saddam. Thank you so much. It's been really fascinating speaking with you, and I thank you for all of the tip, terrific tips and the advice and just the wisdom that you have shared with our audience. Losing my voice. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Spotify, Audible, honestly, anywhere you consume your business podcasts. The truth is you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. So find us and take us along on your success journey. Dom, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Denise. Have a wonderful day. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.